Welcome to the Shine Bright Podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Castell. My hope is that this podcast will be a place to encourage women to shine their lights brightly and authentically by unapologetically being who God called us to be. You can expect to hear me talk about things like Jesus, how ghetto adulting is, finances, dating, therapy, and honestly, everything in between. My prayer is that each episode you will walk away feeling encouraged, inspired, and seen. Let's get into today's episode. Let's talk about love, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the different ways of love of that we speak. Let's talk about love. <laughs> Welcome to the Shine Bright Podcast. I'm your host, the one, the only, and the sometimes goofy Brianna Christelle. For those of you that are new here, this is your first time tuning in. I am a millennial. I love Jesus. And um, I'm a, an aspiring adult. Um you know, still trying to figure out this adulting thing. Um, it definitely looks different in this coronavirus pandemic. I just got back from grocery shopping. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that this is one of my least favorite adult activities. I just feel like growing up, I was not prepared to have to shop for myself and um, provide sustenance because food just always showed up, right? I never, I mean, Sometimes I went grocery shopping, but it wasn't like a thing that I did with my parents all the time. So I talk about this all the time. Um, When people ask me, like, what was the most jarring or shocking thing about becoming an adult? It was having to keep an inventory of my toilet paper stash. Like, all of our lives, or at least all of my life leading up to adulthood, there was like a toilet paper genie, whether or not that was my mom growing up, toilet paper always appeared. There was always toilet paper in the house. And then going to college, whoever um, was in charge of kind of like taking care of the bathrooms and things like that, like toilet paper always appeared. I never had to keep my own personal inventory of it. And so that's what adulting is, paying bills and making sure you don't run out of toilet paper. (laughs) Anyways, today I want to talk about love. But before we do that, of course, we have to do a quick heart check-in. How is your heart, sis? All right. How is my heart? Um, My heart is a little bit um, all over the place, I guess. I think that online dating is really a bit of a drag, you guys. For those of you that haven't done it, you experience a lot of rejection and a lot of frustration when you're running into like a lot of people that you're, you feel like it's a waste of your time. And I think I was, I don't know if this is the actual term, but experiencing like online dating fatigue. And so I actually took the month of June off. And so you're, you're frustrated and you're feeling like, okay, these options are no bueno. And then at the same time, when you're scrolling on Instagram, you see all these people that are in relationships, engagements that are happening, weddings that are happening over the the pandemic shutdown, et cetera, people having babies. And it's just really easy to feel forgotten. And I think I was having a little bit of a like a three-year-old tantrum moment with God and really just frustrated and pouting about feeling forgotten. And so I was reading a, um, what was it, a devotional this morning? And in it, it was highlighting Psalms 139. 
And I want to share the scripture just in case anyone is listening to this and feeling similarly to how I'm feeling, whether or not you're online dating or not. Um, if you're single, feeling overlooked, if you, and you can, oh, feeling overlooked can, can happen and that feeling can be present for things other than just relationship statuses. I know people that are praying um, for children and I'm sure it's hard to watch people have babies and have these announcements. So whatever feeling of um, whatever feeling, whatever, why, sorry, (laughs) get my words together. Whatever is causing you to feel forgotten. Psalms 139 really helped me this morning. And it says, Oh Lord, you have examined my heart. You know everything about me. You know, when I sit down or stand up, you know, my thoughts, even when I'm far away, you see me when I travel. And when I rest at home, you know, everything I do, you know, what I'm going to say, even before I say it, Lord, you go before me, and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. And reading that really just reminds me how intentional God is with his children, how involved he is in our lives. He knows everything about us, every thought. He's with us every second of every minute of every day. And when those feelings of being forgotten, settled in, being overlooked, whether it's frustration, whether it's it's envy, whether it's, um, you know, you just wanting to throw in the towel and being like, God, what's going on? For me, reading Psalms 139 was really helpful um, to just remember that he's with us and that I'm not forgotten. So I hope that reminder is helpful for whoever you are listening to this, if you are in a season feeling like you've been forgotten. So that's a little bit of how my heart is feeling right now. Um, you guys know this is one of my favorite questions to ask. How is your heart? It's very easy for someone to ask, how are you? And for you to kind of uh, BS it and and just be like, oh, I'm fine and brush past it. But really take the time to check in with yourself and ask yourself, how is your heart? So now it's your turn to answer the question. How's your heart, sis? Before we talk about love, you guys know that I am doing my part to share black businesses that I'm loving and that I've purchased from. So today we're going to, we've talked about, um, what is it called? And I have to stop smacking my aunt who listens to the podcast. Every week she texts me like, you got to stop smacking. All right, auntie, I'm going to try my best. <laughs> Anyways, so the first week I told you guys about black girl sunscreen. Last week, I actually don't remember what I told you guys about last week, but Go back and listen to it so that you can find out what business I told you guys about last week. This week, I am highlighting an artist. Her name is Bria Nicole, B-R-I-A, Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E. And you can find her on Instagram or at on, why can't I talk today? Oh my goodness. (laughs) Or you can find her online at Bria Nicole Art. And I bought one of her paintings. She has some prints um, of black women. And she has one called the Nora, which is a black woman with, um, she has like a shirt on that exposes a little bit of her back. And it's a picture, it's a painting of a woman from the back. And she has this beautiful low bun. The dress is like a nudish color. And then obviously the woman is brown and she's kind of like turning to the back. It's a very beautiful print. So I just bought it today. I'll definitely post pictures on Instagram when I post pictures on Instagram when I get it. 
So definitely make sure that you're following me at Brianna Cristel or the podcast at Shine Bright Podcast. But yes, yeah, so on my Instagram page, I have a lot of, I have a story highlight that shows all of the black owned businesses that I'm following that I'm going to be purchasing from or that I already have purchased from. So definitely go check that out and definitely check out Bri and Nicole if you're looking for some prints. I think her prints would make great gifts for you. I'm going to put mine in my bathroom and I'm also going to buy another one from her to put in my bedroom. So definitely make sure that you're continuing to support black owned businesses and making sure that our dollars stay in our community. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with me today. I don't know why I can't get my sentences out. So you might have some stutters in this podcast. And I saw a quote on Instagram. Somebody posted and said, don't edit out all your ums and your huhs and your imperfections because you're a human and you don't have to sound perfect. So y'all going to get these stutters and these run on sentences because guess what? That's real life. (laughs) Anywho. All right. All right. All right. We are going to talk about love languages today. So for those of you that do not know, love languages was a term coined and defined by Dr. Gary Chapman. See, stuttering. Anyways, we're going to push through. Um, Gary Chapman, he has many books on this. Um, They're all called The Five Love Languages, but he has a book for different seasons of your life. So he has one for couples, parents, and even singles. So what are love languages? They are basically the way that you understand and communicate love. And I love this example, and I always use it when I'm trying to explain to somebody what love languages are. So say, for example, I only speak Spanish, and my partner, my man, speaks English. If my man is telling me in English the words, I love you, but I only speak Spanish, Those words do not translate to the language that I speak. And so I don't understand the words that he is saying and understanding them as I love you. Does that make sense? I hope hope that example landed well. But basically, if you are with somebody, imagine yourself being with somebody who speaks a completely different language than you, whether French, Arabic, Spanish, whatever, and you are trying to communicate to that person that you love them, but you are only communicating it in the language that you speak, that person will never know or be able to translate that what you're saying to them is that you love them. Now, if my man says to me, te amo, and to all my Spanish people listening, I hope I said that right. (laughs) But if he says te amo to me, now he's saying I love you in my language. So now I'm able to comprehend that that what he's saying is, what he's trying to express is that he loves me. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Now, many of us actually don't know the ways that those around us need to be loved, prefer to be loved. We don't know our friends love languages, our children, and not even our spouses. And personally, I discovered this book, The Five Love Languages, after one of my previous relationships was absolutely failing. I mean, straight up train wreck. We weren't communicating well. There was a lot of unresolved disagreements. It was just, uh, it was a hot mess, y'all. And so for me, in a desperate quest to basically try to find out what was wrong, to find out why we weren't communicating well, I discovered the Love Languages book. And I don't even remember, honestly, how I found the book. I think maybe my dad recommended it to me or honestly, I don't know. But I found the book and the book actually changed my life. It didn't save that relationship, but (laughs) it Change, it radically changed my ability 
to communicate what I need in a relationship to feel loved and also understanding what other people around me, my friends, my family, my loved ones need to feel loved as well. So some of y'all are probably like, all right, Brie, but what are the five love languages actually? Well, great question. Let me break it down. So the five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, physical touch, and receiving gifts. And I'm going to give a deeper breakdown into each one of these just to help give you a better understanding of what people with this love language need and what's important to them. So let's start with words of affirmation. And we'll start with that one because that is actually my number one love language, if you were wondering. And basically, people with this love language, they need to be affirmed verbally. So these are the folks that need to hear that they are loved with your words. They need all the words, all the acknowledgement, and they need to be reminded by you that they are loved. And like I said, this is my number one love language. And as far as I'm concerned, if you do not say the three words, I love you to me, then I don't feel loved, especially not in a romantic relationship. You could buy me the world. You can take me all these different places. And while I would appreciate the gesture, if you do not say those words, it doesn't translate in the same way as love to me. It's just something about hearing those three words that's just so important to me. And the person that I was with was not a verbal communicator at all. So you could imagine how hard it was to be in that relationship. And honestly, I didn't have the words to express what was the issue. You know, I was like, oh, I don't feel loved or whatever. But it's like I didn't have the words to actually articulate the way that I needed to be loved. So you know, just keep in mind somebody who has this love language will need all the words. I love handwritten notes. My best friend, she's a poet and God knew what he was doing by giving me her as a a best friend because she literally like writes me notes for everything. And I just, I love her handwritten notes and the little messages. She sends me text messages every now and then just giving me a pep talk or, or just some uplifting words. And My little words of affirmation love bucket is always so full. So just keep that in mind with someone with this love language. Also keep in mind that for these people, words are really, really impactful. So just as much as the positive words fill their love bucket, negative words have a very, very, very strong impact on them. So it's really important to watch your words of people with this love language. You might have said something to someone in anger or you might have like a really sarcastic personality and dry humor. And if you come across somebody with this love language and you're trying to joke around, but you're being a little bit hard or cold with your words, just know that that is significantly going to impact somebody with the words of affirmation love language. Number two is quality time, which is my second love language. And I'm basically going in the order of my love languages at this point because this is my podcast. (laughs) But quality time. So this love language means that your loved ones spending quality time with you is very important to you. And I want to highlight that the key word here is quality time. A lot of times people with this love language want your undivided attention during this time. 
taking a walk together, sitting on the couch with the TV off, talking, listening. That is all different ways that I'll speak for myself feels like quality time, basically having your undivided attention. And now being on your phone or your device while you are with, I'll speak for myself. I don't, I don't know if I can speak for all quality time people, because I guess how you define quality time might be different for you. But if you're on your phone or your device while you're with me, that doesn't count as quality time. It doesn't feel like I'm spending time with you because you're kind of in your own little world and I'm in my own little world. And so that's actually one of my biggest pet peeves in a partnership. And I'll clarify and say like, I don't need to be right up underneath you 24 seven. I don't need your undivided attention 24 seven, but I do need it when we are spending quality time together. And so again, I had um, a boyfriend who, you know, he would want to sit and play his games and thinking that like we're spending time together. And it's like, no, bro, we're not spending time together. You're all, you're playing your game, but we're not really talking. We're not engaging. I'm just watching you play your game and this does not feel like quality time. So someone with this love language, it's important for that. They might not have the words to describe. Um, it can look like someone saying like, you're always on your phone or you're always playing your video games. And a guy might think that, you know, we're nagging, but really we're just asking for those moments. What we're asking for in those moments is undivided attention. And the same goes for guys as well. I know um, one of my guy friends has this love language. And if we're on FaceTime and like I click over and he's on pause and I'm texting or on Instagram or something, like he's just like, bro, like you want to call me back? And I'd be like, no, I'm listening. But for him, it's not quality time if my attention is divided. So, you know, this love language, they need a lot of time. I will, well, let me not even say a lot of time, just quality time. And just know that if your love language is quality time or your um, husband, boyfriend, whatever, their love language is quality time, they might define what quality is and it might be different for them. For me, quality time does not include you being on technology, even reading a book next to me. Like It includes us talking, interacting with undivided attention, but definitely find out what quality time means to them. Number three is acts of service. Can you pay my bills? Can you pay my telephone bill? Can you pay my automobiles? If you did, then maybe we could chill. (laughs) I don't know why I'm in the mood to sing all these 90s songs. But anyways, number three, acts of service. So this, this love language is basically defined as, okay, no, let me say it this way. So acts of service, this is basically doing something for your spouse or loved loved one that they would normally do. So say cooking a meal for them or washing dishes, vacuuming floors, grocery shopping, filling up their car with gas. I remember in college once this guy came over and he cleaned my car off after a snowstorm and I walked outside and I was like, oh my gosh, my car is clean. And I just felt really special in that moment. So that is an example of a way to show someone with this love language um, that you love them. That was a very sweet gesture. Um, Again, keep in mind that for this love language, if you don't do the small things to help them feel less burdened, I guess, it, it doesn't necessarily translate into love. So if you have a partner that's always asking you to do something, can you help with X, Y, and Z? They're probably, they aren't, they probably aren't trying to boss you around. They're just looking for your help, which is the way that they feel most loved. So find those small acts um, that they do and find out ways to step in to ease their burden a little bit to make them feel 
special. I've given you a couple examples. The book gives you a lot more and I'm definitely going to plug the book this whole way through. But a great thing about the book is that when you read it, it gives you examples that examples of how someone with this love language feels most loved, but it also gives you examples of things not to do to that would basically tear down that person or translate into the opposite of love, not love. But yes, yeah, so three is acts of service. So basically doing some act of service, taking something off their plate to make them feel loved. I had a boyfriend and honestly, this whole podcast, I'm talking about the same person, but this one guy, his love language was acts of service. And for me, it would be anytime we would, anytime I would go, he really loved Wawa. So anytime I would go out, say to get gas or whatever, I would always bring him like a Wawa sandwich back. And it was just always like, oh my gosh, I was going to go out to get something to eat, but you brought me this. That's so sweet. So that was one way that he felt loved. And that can be some small gesture that you can do to show your acts of service, love one that you love them. Numero cuatro. Y'all see me with my Espanol? (laughs) That was a horrible accent. I did that on purpose. Anyways, number four is receiving gifts. So this love language and the common misconception, misconception with people with this love language is that they're gold diggers, which is not the case. For What I've learned is that for people with this love language, it's usually more about a thoughtful gift. So a thoughtful gift says, oh, he was thinking about me. Look what he got for me. One time for Valentine's Day, I had somebody buy me my absolute favorite gummy bears. They're the Gold Pack Haribo gummy bears. That's the only gummy bear that we acknowledge over here. Black Forest is gross. The little CVS brand is gross. We only acknowledge the Gold Pack Haribo gummies. But anyways, what made that so special is that maybe a month prior, I had posted that I liked those gummy bears on Instagram and some like random facts about me um, challenge. And so the fact that he got me the gummy bears was special because he had to do research to know that I even liked those gummy bears. And his gift was very thoughtful and it made me feel super special. So for people with this love language, it's not just about buying them things. It's about buying them thoughtful things that make you feel like you know them, that you care about them, and that you feel loved, uh, that they feel loved by you. I remember my uncle, so him and my aunt, Uncle Franz, you guys heard him a couple of episodes back when we talked about reckless spending. But him and my aunt had like, have the most amazing like memory foam pillows on their bed. And I remember in college, you know, I would always, when I would spend the night, I would always try to like sneak one of their pillows. And I would always talk about how comfortable their pillows were. And one time, I think it was for Christmas or my birthday. I don't even remember, but I was getting ready to go back to school. And my uncle was like, oh, I have something for you. And he pulled out one of these memory foam pillows. And I was like, oh my gosh, because <laughs> I was a broke college kid. And I think the pillows were like a hundred dollars, if not more. And so it was a very thoughtful gift. And so for people with this, this love language, like I said, It's the thought behind the gift that matters, not necessarily the price tag. And last but not least, number five is physical touch. So the hand holding, the hugging, the kissing, playing a little game of hide the rainbow roll. (laughs) They are all expressions of love for this person. So a hug after a long day of work, laying on the couch and playing in their hair usually would mean a lot to this person or even just like them like (laughs) 
I have a friend, this is her love language, and she'll just like sit next to me and just like, you know, put her hand on my uh, over my hand or like rub my back. And I know that sounds weird, but it's really not weird. It's just, that's just kind of her love language. That's how she communicates love and uh, touching is a part of that. <laughs> this is not my love language at all. I actually got a zero for this section when I took the test. But like I said, I have friends who this is their love language. And so for some of them, it means an extra long hug. And she likes to just like hold you and like for like three or four seconds extra with a hug. And like I said, I promise it's not weird. It's just, I know that's her love language. And so out of these five, each of you has a primary love language which speaks more deeply to you than all the others. So as I was going through some of these examples, you might've been listening and been like, oh yeah, like that's that's definitely me. Or maybe you were like, oh, they all sound like me. So you can definitely have, so when you take the test and I'll talk about the, how you find out your love language in a second, but when you take the test, it ranks your love languages in order. So my first one is words of affirmation. And then my second and third Um, which is acts of service and quality time, they are actually tied for second. So you can have a dominant love language, but also feel love in other ways as well. So I think it's really important to discover each other's love language, whether it's your friend, whether it's your person you're dating, even if it's family. Like I made my mom take this a couple weeks ago and I was actually really surprised to see what her love language was because I'm like, oh wow, like have I been loving you incorrectly all my life? I don't know. But I think it's just a great way to keep a relationship healthy. Again, no matter what kind of relationship that is. So how do you find out what your love language is? Great question. You can go to fivelovelanguages.com and that's five, the number five, not actually spelled out. Go to that website and you can basically take a free online test. It's about 10 to 15 minutes long. You just have to put your email in and they email you your results. They don't spam you. You know, that's not why they ask you for your email. Um, but I will tell you, like I said, that they, they rank it for you. It's a very simple test. And I also think it's helpful to read the book. So buy the book for, like I mentioned, he has five different books. There's one for singles, one for people already in a relationship, one's for, um, parents. So buy the one that fits whoever you're trying to figure out their love language And the book is just a great resource because not only does it go in depth with the tangible examples of how you need to speak to somebody who may have this love language, but I will also tell you, it will also tell you the harmful things that you should avoid for someone with this love love language. So for my single ladies, this test is also super helpful because when that special one comes around, Lord willing, It makes it easy for you to communicate your needs and expectations from a partner in a relationship. And if you're currently dating, it also makes it easy to give you the words to basically decipher potential partners. So again, like I said, that guy that I was dating, I remember saying like, I just don't feel like you love me. And at the time I didn't have the words to say, the ways that I feel most love from a partner is by hearing you say that you love me or by spending quality uninterrupted time with me. And I don't feel like over the past few months of our relationship, either of those things have happened, which has made me feel a bit unloved from you in this. That would have been much more helpful for him because that second statement is much more actionable. The first one isn't actionable. It's just me saying, I don't feel like you love me, but that doesn't tell him how to love me. It doesn't explain what ways I feel loved, what I need, what's most important. And so what I realized later after reading the book and assessing that relationship is that he was trying to show me that he loved me by buying me things. And 
we would spend time, but again, it wasn't quality time. We would be around each other all the time, but like I would be doing my homework, he'd be doing his, or he's playing a game and I'm, you know, on the bed on my phone, whatever. We weren't speaking the same language. And I think that now I'm equipped with this book and with the words to articulate what I need and what I'm looking for in a relationship. And I think it's really important. So my single ladies, definitely go take the test. My ladies who are married, I have like, when I found out about this book, I literally put all my friends on. I have two friends that they little hardhead, they know who they are. (laughs) They waited a bit to take the test and they took it. One took it after she was engaged. And I think the other one took it after she was married. And they were like, oh my goodness. Like I found out that my husband's love language is X, Y, and Z when I thought it was Z, Y, X. So no matter where you are, what stage you are in, in your relationship, definitely take your love language test and you know if you can get your boo to take it as well and don't be don't be afraid to get your friends and family to take it as well so how do you apply the love languages to your everyday life well one great way like i've said to apply these to your life is by equipping yourself with the words to communicate to a loved one what you need or what you feel like you're not getting like i said i recommend not just taking the test for your, yourself but making your boo take it as well For me, this is likely a first or second date question for me. I want to know what my potential partner's love language is. I want to know all the things. And I basically want to know how to communicate love to them should we get there in the future. So this is a very important question that I ask. And if somebody said they don't know their love languages, I'm definitely sliding them the link to the test afterwards and following up to see if they took it. But like I said, I also recommend knowing your friends, friends love language and your kids. If you have them, they have a test for children, too. I think it's really important to basically know anyone that you love, know their love language. So I have a few friends. I know all of my friends love languages. I have a few friends with the same um, words of affirmation love language as me. So every month or so, I'll send them a long text and let them know how much I love them, how grateful I am for our friendship, etc., I have the touchy-feely friend that I know I need to give an extra long hug to when I'm with her. I also have a friend that receiving gifts is her love language. And I know a thoughtful gift is really important to her. So I try my very, very best to get them not just something they want, but something that's thoughtful. Um, And I won't lie, this one, so receive, well, anyone with this love language of like receiving thoughtful gifts, this one is a bit of a struggle for me. Because I I guess I'm just not an intuitive, great gift giver. I, this is totally a side tangent, but I like when people tell me specifically like, ooh, I want this blank for my birthday so I can go buy the blank. I fear that maybe I just don't trust my intuition because I fear that if I get them something that they haven't explicitly said that they like, I fear that they're not going to like it. And me being a words of affirmation person, if I don't, feel like I get the reaction that I want, which is very selfish of me. But anyways, we're working on that. But if I feel like I don't get a great reaction but from them opening the gift or whatever, then I'm going to feel like, oh my gosh, it was a horrible gift. So anyways, little tangent on that one. But I am not, I'm working on, this is actually one of my goals for 2020 to be a better gift giver. And I have been working on it. But I secretly hope that this is not my husband's love language because this is the one that does not come naturally to me. So Father God, 
whoever Bay is and wherever he is, remove the spirit of receiving gifts from him and my future children. Amen. <laughs> Not to say that they won't get gifts, but you know what I mean. Let their love languages be words of affirmation. That would be great. <laughs> Anyways, I have also heard that how you communicate love might be different from the ways that you receive love. For me, it's exactly the same. So I need you to tell me that you love me for me to feel loved. And as a partner and loved one, that is absolutely how I communicate. I love you to my loved ones in my family. So I say I love you to my friends all the time before hanging up the phone, especially. I've even accidentally said I love you to the Verizon wireless lady as I was hanging up the phone with her to discuss my bill. (laughs) So I be saying I love you a lot. I've said it to coworkers accidentally. It's just something that I sprinkle in everything. For the people that I love. (laughs) Um, But one of my uncles, his love language is quality time. But he definitely shows love more through acts of service and thoughtful gifts. This is the uncle that bought me my pillow. Um, But it's not always the same for everyone. So don't assume. All in all, I think it's super important for you to know what you need to feel loved. And what those around you that you love need as well. So go take the test, get the book, and get to learning how to be fluent in some languages of love. See what I did there? (laughs) I want to bring back something for this episode that I think I did in my earlier episodes. And it's basically a moment of encouragement, uh, basically to remind you guys and speak directly to you to let you know that you're seen. So I see you, sis. I see, I saw you hit the ground running in 2020. And then it might have felt like the ground hit you after these past few months. But I see you being resilient. I see you not letting all the external turmoil seep into your heart or mind. I see you pivoting as you need to. And I see you not letting all of this keep you from achieving all the things that you set out this year. I see you deciding these minor setbacks will not set you all the way back. I see you still trusting God through all of the uncertainty this life brings, all of the uncertainty this season has brought. I see you, sis, and I just want to remind you that you are seen, you're not forgotten, and that even if I don't know you personally, I love you, God loves you, and I just want, I truly just want you to be reminded that you're seen and that you're not forgotten because I know somebody needs that reminder. So if it's you, I see you, sis. Thanks for tuning into another episode of the Shine Bright Podcast. Don't forget to rate this podcast so more people can find it and subscribe and send this episode or any of my previous episodes to your friends and loved ones. Um, but I love you guys. And don't forget to shine bright on purpose this week, no matter what you are going through right now. Love you. Mean it. Bye.